Hello everybody, and welcome yet again to tonight's wonderful session of Speculate, where we're about to get back into Girl by Moonlight, Fractal Spire. I'm very excited to be able to enjoy the company of my strange friends yet again. Thank you so very much for joining us for Speculate, an actual play show with science fiction and fantasy professionals, of whom I'm uh, very excited to spend time with, obviously, all the time. But uh, today will be session two of uh, Girl by Moonlight, Fractal Spire. I've been very excited about this for all, for the entirety of the day, and there are lots of thoughts in my brain all of a sudden, so I'm very excited. So if it seems like I am somewhat out of it it's because i kind of want to immediately get into the thing say hello strange friends right when strange friends but hello i am very excited to get back into girl by moonlight with all of you but before we actually do the thing i would like all of you uh to please tell all the lovely people in chat who you are what you do and who you will be playing this evening starting with mike Hi everybody, I'm Mike, aka Michael R. Underwood, aka twitch.tv slash TurboTango, because in the age of the internet, we all wear many hats. I'm a science fiction and fantasy writer. My latest book is Annihilation Aria. It lives right here. This is the reason, which is a found family space opera. And if you like it, you should be reading Valerie's books because they go together like peanut butter and chocolate, if those are things that you like. Today, I am playing Vic Sainz, who is the Guardian playbook. He, him pronouns for me. Vic's pronouns are complicated. We'll get there. Next, Valerie. I am Valerie Valdez. I am the author of Chilling Effect, Prime Deceptions, and the forthcoming Fault Tolerance family space operas that pair really well with Mike's. I also stream on Twitch as the kids are asleep. And today I am playing playing Nina Lopez, pronouns she, her. And what playbook is that? That is the Unlikely Hero. Next, Yoi. Hello, hello. Yoi Gawain Lynn, game and fiction writer. This is my design on Twitter. They, he pronouns for me. My character's pronouns are also complicated. We will get to them shortly or perhaps never. You never know. Today, I am playing Vermilion Jingwei Ruth, who is the outsider. And last but not least, Yori. Happy time zone, everybody. I sure hope we're going into the dream today because I showed up in my pajamas. Thanks to Daylight Savings, it is an hour earlier than usual. I'm not awake yet, and I'm sorry, but I will be playing Cat Holly, the Time Traveler. They, them pronouns for me, she, her for cat. Nice, thank you. And thank you for the reminder that thanks to time shenanigans, at least three of us are still asleep, which I guess is fitting for the uh, Fractal Spire. As for me, I am your GM this evening, Brandon O'Brien, uh, pronouns he or they. I will be responsible for making the world do terrible things to all of these lovely people in the, uh, for the purposes of uh, milking drama from them all. But you otherwise know me as a poet, uh, writer, and game designer from Trinidad and Tobago. And the author of Can You Sign My Tentacle? Which, if anybody in uh, the chat is a present member of the Science Fiction and Fantasy Poetry Association, is available to be nominated for the Elgin Award. If you want to do the thing, I would dig that a lot. I will be here to create catastrophe for all of these cool people, which means that I now have to recap all of the catastrophes that took place in our first session, which begins obviously with the noting with noting that all of these lovely people had the worst work day ever. Vic's school sucks. Nina's two jobs both suck at once, like in the exact same moment in time. 
Cat's workplace doesn't suck, but men suck. And that is unavoidable for that line of work, unfortunately. And Ruth's work doesn't suck, but the people who go there often suck in ways that are not specific to that uh, line of work, but they will arrive and suck regardless. So all of these uh, lovely people decided to meet up after work to bond, have feelings, briefly discover some things about a friend of theirs that had uh, long since been severed from this waking world. It's the only way that can be described. And while eating and briefly tearing each other up, Ruth got a message from an acquaintance letting him know that a nearby impromptu fighting ring has just emerged if Ruth is in the mood to fight. At which point, I just want to ask, before we get into other things, obviously, Ruth, are you in the mood to fight? I think given the fact that Ruth had to socialize with people, even if those people were friends, and make sure said friends are okay, yes, Ruth would be in the mood to fight. So, before we even decide what happens at that point, I'd just like to get a sense of... Your acquaintance, Dice Calendrine, sent you a message. This may have been like half 10, 11 p.m. saying a thing is happening. Do you want to get involved in the thing? What was your immediate emotional response after getting that message? Ugh. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the moment, you are still hanging out with your friends. The question that I have for those who still have downtime actions is... Is there anything that someone would like to do? Who still has downtime actions besides me? I know. I have one as Ruth. Yes. But I would like to save that downtime action for when Ruth has to do fight things just in case investigation becomes important then. <laughs> then I won't be uh, caught without any downtime actions. Brandon, I still have that strange and mysterious business card in my purse, don't I? You do. You have a strange and mysterious business card in your, in your With possession. an eye insignia on one side, and what else is on this card? Presently, if I'm not mistaken, the only thing that you can actively, like, perceive is that insignia. In fact, I would like you to roll a thing. Woohoo! Perceive or analyze would work here, but... I do think analyze is better. Well, that's really lucky because I do have one dot in that. <laughs> Our starting sheets are so squishy <laughs> and so without points. Yeah. We're so bad at everything. You're just lumpy piles of mashed potatoes right now. It is very sad. We are feeble and weak. <laughs> there is a point where you will evolve from being lumpy mashed potatoes to being glass cannons. But I'm not sure if that's better or worse. So, your position is risky. Your effect is limited. 1d6. Ouch. That's a four. You take the card out of your bag. You look at it. You get the impression that there is obviously some piece of information here that should be able for you to discern. But it's not visual. It doesn't seem very obvious that there is... A number or a name attached to the thing. Two things 
do strike you immediately though. You feel as if you've seen a version of this logo somewhere before. Mm-hmm. I think that I'm pretty sure you already know. But in this moment, it just kind of washes over you that, yeah, I've seen this somewhere before. And two, you notice that the... Now that you are looking at it very closely, you notice that the ink that that symbol is made on, is like printed on the card with, seems to be somewhat iridescent. Mm -hmm. And for a moment, you're like, what if this card is not a business card, but like a key card for a thing? And this is actually... Like a QR code or a circuit to be read by a reader or something like that. But you can't determine initially just looking at it what any of those specifics might be. And this logo does not look at all like the Wondertech or Dreamshine logos. It looks like the Dreamshine logo specifically for the new technology that they announced uh, earlier that day. It looks a lot more like jagged and abstract but they're obviously the same-ish thing mm-hmm. and that makes you very curious yay i didn't even need to google oh reverse image search to figure that one out <laughs> slightly smarter Just than that. i look oh god you ha- that is information that you have is that a th- would you like to do a thing with that information so recognizing that this logo looks like the eye and since Nina was around when Kat got this card heard anyway, Kat will text a photo of it over to Nina and just this be like, I mean, you work at Wonder Tech. Have you heard anything about this weird eye thing? Also, just like, is this one of your door cards for your company? I would assume Nina would more quickly be able to answer the key card question because Nina would be like, yes or no, this looks like one of the key cards I have and or she would know that there are different kinds of key cards for the building like that. That would be like, Oh yeah, I've seen people with key cards that look like that as opposed to key cards that look like mine or base level. I am aware that multiple kinds of key cards exist. I don't know if that is one, but so do you want me to roll for that? Brandon or you, or is that just to give me, it's up to you. Oh, yeah. I'm inclined to just give you that it, Based on this stuff that you already know about that card, I do think that it's fair to say you know that it looks like it would be that kind of thing, but like it is, you know that it's visually possible that this might be a key card for a thing, but like where or how or the details yeah. of how it particularly functions would require you to like actually observe it. Yeah, it would be kind of like, yeah, I mean, that looks like the key card I use for the elevator or that looks like the key card I use for the front door or something like that versus I'm aware that key cards look like that in this <laughs> building somewhere, but I can tell you no more than that. Okay. Cat texts back, huh, weird. And then Cat is not super educated about technology, but Cat also knows that Dreamshine is fucking creepy. So Kat is going to go to the kitchen and just wrap that card up in aluminum foil before she puts it back in her purse. <laughs> just in case. You never I know what's in these so things. Much. <laughs> this is the best. 
no god, just build a Faraday cage for this business card. Just in case, yes. <laughs> because I don't know oh, that there isn't an in case you lost me, like, find my iPhone, whatnot, mm-hmm. somewhere ba- baked into it, right? Mm-hmm. Nina's like, you should also put it in a jar of salt. <laughs> That's what my Mima would do with stuff. And maybe uh-huh. put it in the freezer. Maybe you should just... I thought... Wait... No, no, when you put something hang it in the freezer, that's a representative of a person or thing. Hang on. Cat texts back, wait, you just want me to straight up hex your company? Oh, no, and then Nina's Nina like, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know how any of this stuff works. She also put an egg under the bed when we were sick. I, I don't get it. You know um. what? Why not? <laughs> the card goes into a container of table salt, which goes into the freezer. Mm -hmm. Is this container sealed? (laughs) I mean, she had to pry the top off to make that happen. Okay, okay, okay. One of those little rubber lids. Noted. I actually do have to keep track of this detail, and I'm not going to tell you why. Mm Mm-hmm. With that in mind... Uh, so, foil, salt, freezer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I like that we're focusing on the freezer, as opposed to the Faraday cage, which at least had a little bit of common sense behind it. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. All of these, trust me, the world that you're living in is so strange that all of those things matter. And you will, oh, at some point in future, <laughs> learn why. Um, but with that being said, does this mean that you still have your downtime action? I was investigating the thing. Mm. So, would that count for, like, half my investigate, and we can spend the other half on just, like, some dark web shenanigans trying to find out more about uh-huh. the eye? Aha. Uh-huh. I would like you... Precisely because it did occur to you to ask Nina workplace questions. I would like you to give me another analyze roll. Just roll 1d6 for me. That's a one! (laughs) Oh god. Okay. That sucks. You spend most of that evening, like, the time that it takes between you initially asking Nina that workplace question... And Nina recommending that you put the the card in salt. You spend most of that time on your phone, like, looking up things. You actually do the Google reverse image search thing to see if if this image is connected to another thing. Uh, You try to compare it to other business key cards that don't really give you anything definitive one way or the other. Yeah, most most of that time is, like unfortunately wasted not gaining any active clues one way or the other but you do know that the card is somewhat significant and i mean we have you have all uh, already actively made the decision to faraday cage the card with that in mind does anyone else actually i had one more note about the internet it's searching and so forth that cat Mm -hmm. is doing but i would like to move that in the world of the fractal spire it is not craigslist it is greg's list Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is a note that I have to take now. Oh, my God. Seconded, thirded, motion passes. (laughs) 
Okay, cool. <laughs> Nothing on Greg's list reveals anything of note. I will also mention specifically, even though you have seen at least more than at least two of these cards in the wild at this point, no one on the internet has ever seen a thing like this. You, you there are no other. Uh, images of cards that look like this one no one's ever seen it no one in port cloud has mentioned anything about the thing so you have nothing you have no idea about this card in particular one way or another which is particularly noteworthy i know that ruth still has one don't i imagine and nina has two nina is there a thing that you would like to do so I am potentially uh, saving one downtime action for post roof fight because one of the possible downtime actions you can take in this game is to help a friend recover. And so in case Ruth gets harmed, I am going to just keep that in my back pocket for some sort of like next morning something something downtime. For the other one, it's possible that I do a similar investigation <laughs> doom scroll type thing, but I think maybe that Nina would be more likely to either do a social link action to try to go with Ruth to the fight, which would be funny in different ways, but with the, with the note that Ruth may just say no, like he may shut it down. So that would put Nina in position to be able to help with the recovery. Otherwise, it would be, yeah, she would probably do some sort of investigation using whatever internal company stuff she has to see if she can find anything out. Possibly just going to the office a little early in the morning to see if she can figure out whether there are any other like cards like that lying around. I guess one of the qualifying questions that I should ask then is, is Nina sure that... She wants to do that in the morning or at night, like right now in the in the late morning, the midnight one o'clock. So the the social link action that would be I'm trying to think because it would would we need to for the social link to proceed? Because I can say, for example, Nina notices that Ruth has been contacted about this thing and is like, what are you doing? Where are you going? And so the scene, like the role could be whether or not Nina successfully is able to tag along because it seems like social link kind of functions that way where instead of, yes, you can come with me, it could be, no, I'm setting the boundary that you are not allowed to come with me, if I'm understanding that correctly. Yeah, I would say that contextually, that, def that definitely very much works. Ruth, I don't, uh -oh. know, how to I don't know how to ask this question <laughs> other than... Do you consider violence intimate? I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, well to, qu to qualify that a little bit better, um, I would ask, what is your feeling about the fighting that you do? Do you believe that there is any reason why you would hide, be hesitant about sharing, or otherwise find it complicated to share information about those fights do you tell stories about them often do you typically invite other people etc no uh for ruth i would say that the page fights are the only thing about his life it really except for um walking the ruins of the citadel outside the city that he keeps 
separate from everybody else. He doesn't really talk about it or advertise it, but the fact that he continuously keeps spawning injuries on his face (laughs) and presumably the rest of his body do indicate that he has some kind of problems (laughs) or continually tries to solve problems by using his face in a bad way. Um, (laughs) Using his face. Yeah, and his fists. But, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, I guess if, if somebody was familiar with that aspect of like the underground scene of Port Cloud Life, they could probably put it together that, oh, he probably does this thing. But otherwise, he doesn't really talk about it. He doesn't invite people to watch. It's very much like he sees that as his thing. Contextually, then, I do think that this fits a lot. I'm asking mostly for flavor as well, because the flavor of sharing an intimate moment obviously implies some manner of how particularly delicate the situation might be. And I do think that sharing an intimate moment in this sense would then have the potential to let Nina experience the thing and have that entire moment be an extension of that social link as a result. I do feel like it's fair as a result to imply that you can't use the social link that you would gain from that for any interaction that takes place within that cage fight location only afterward but other than that it would be a matter of obviously asking the question which again just uh reminding myself of the original text in the thing ruth do you share this moment or set boundaries uh it depends on how nina phrases it because as far as nina is concerned ruth pulled out like his ancient brick phone and angrily punched in an answer very laboriously because it's so ancient that you can't actually text it by holding down the buttons. So you have to click, 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 click each button to get the right letter. (laughs) So he texts very fast, but it's also very loud. (laughs) Click, 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 click. So in context, Nina, all you notice is that Ruth is looking at his phone And suddenly trying to stab the phone with his thumbs. Yeah, I think think Nina's first question would be, is everything okay? Ruth makes the grunt noise that means, yeah. (laughs) He now hits enter on the message. For for context, is that the grunt that says yeah but means no or the grunt that says yeah and means yeah because there are two grunts everyone knows <laughs> that there are two grunts it's the yeah that means yeah okay. uh, i think that her follow-up would potentially be do you need a ride or something because that's i think that the only thing nina can imagine in terms of a text that ruth is getting at this hour involves needing to be somewhere or do something At this, Ruth looks at her and says, I have a bicycle. Because he's walking his bicycle along. Nina's like, I have a van. It'll fit your bike. (laughs) Ruth continues looking at her and says, no. Okay. Because in Ruth's mind, Nina is a weenie. (laughs) And if Nina shows up to a cage fight, Nina will be murdered. (laughs) And he's not ready for that. He's not wrong. (laughs) 
It's quite a way to put it, but still not wrong. But I guess that's setting a boundary, as opposed to sharing the moment. I mean, cage fights have spectators. Nina could bet on him. Nina uh, is a weenie. <laughs> this is true. In fact, a broke weenie. <laughs> I think that it's fair. Like a lot of the way. I mean, I would like Ruth to qualify this a bit more if I am off base in this regard. But I do think that these cage match locations are typically generally rough around the edges. Most of their spectators are people who are just waiting to get in a fight. And by this I mean people who are either waiting for another cage match that they can potentially enter for free, or waiting to punch someone in the parking lot outside. Most of these people are, like, incredibly hostile as a rule. Some of them are incredibly nice. Like, like weirdly enough, a great deal of them are actually very nice and very sweet. And those are the people who are actually the most physically violent in those spaces. So yeah, the chances of Nina arriving at the location and then being challenged to a fist fight are actually quite high. And then yeah, you would also, get to see Nina's really exciting your fist to my face method of defense and it would not go well. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that Ruth hasn't quite gotten to the level of notoriety where you can go to like the higher end places because as with everything in Port Cloud, there is the lower end tier of self-destructive indulgence and then there's the higher end tier of self-destructive indulgence. So yeah, definitely not the posh Fight clubs, not the where rich fight people clubs. can torment the fight, each other. The, ca- the, the cage fight clubs that have lobbies with wine and cheese. Yes. I was not joking. There are those in Port Cloud. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Because Ruth set a boundary, Nina, you get to mark XP. And with that in mind, I should then obviously ask Ruth, is it Fightsman times? Are you yep. are you headed to the location <laughs> that uh, Dice has sent you to get in a scrap? Uh, yeah, I guess he hops on his bicycle and goes for it. <laughs> Don't be like Ruth kids. Always text a friend your location if you think you're about to get beaten to a pulp. Ruth does not do this. Do not take Ruth as a role model. Give me one die fortune roll, Ruth. That's a six. Ha 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 ha. Uh oh. Um, One fear. No, it's no fear. Um, just weird, hilarious, uh, brief comedy. While you are riding your bike, you receive a text message. The ringtone tells you it's from your boss at the coffee shop, at the uh, bubble tea shop. Oh. The only ringtone, you set this ringtone only for her and her husband. So, like, you know that it's her. Okay. Do you read it? Well, I'm biking, and Ruth doesn't text and bike, because that's bad. You should follow Ruth's example in this action, children. Mm-hmm. This action, uh, this action and only. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he would check when he gets to a stoplight or something. And also, Nina still has to roll for links, I think, for that downtime action. If I am not mistaken, let me check that again. Did I forget a thing? Because uh, Ruth set the boundary, so that means 
Nina doesn't get the plus one to roll for uh, the name, right, but yes. Nina gets XP for it. This is true. You still actually, uh, I, 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 my brain hollowed out. You still actually do roll an action for that uh, uh, share an intimate moment. I think she was trying to empathize. Let me see. Yeah, empathize. So I have one dot in empathize. I rolled a one. You uh, have one link, and in fact, no, you should have. If I'm not mistaken, two links. You should have two nope. links, yes. And Ruth gets to determine how they are split. So Ruth, you can decide at this moment that you're going to take both of those social links. Actually, I think narratively it would be it would be very Ruth for Ruth to reject both of those links and give them to Nina. Uh, because he is setting a boundary. He does not want any of this sharing an intimate moment. That is actually very narratively fair. So, mm-hmm. Nina, you have two uh, social links with Ruth. Nina, you are on your bike. No, that's Ruth on the bike. Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. Uh, my head is so hollow. I'm sorry. Um, Ruth, you are on your bike. You are headed to... A location in southeast Port Port Cloud, just like a few blocks away from one of the nearby parks. There is, you are aware, uh, because you have come to this location previously now that you are riding close enough to realize that you are in this area, that you have been to this place before, an abandoned warehouse that nobody seems to even care what's happening in here, even though it's surrounded by fairly residential uh, blocks. You pull up to the gate. Two very large men open the gate for you. Uh, like, Ruth, we didn't expect you to we didn't expect to see you this evening. Thought you would have been I don't know, doing whatever it is you do when the sun is up. I don't think anybody uh, even remembered to ping you about tonight's card so I'm not sure if you had anything in mind do you want do you want us to put you on an impromptu thing or are you just coming to watch Ruth glowers at them and says put me on the card okay cuz uh you know your you know your friend is here right god what's that asshole's name again Calendrine yeah is very eager to do something very silly you want to fight them Ruth had been glaring at these two people while they were talking, because in Ruth's opinion, they were talking way too much. Mm-hmm. And then the more these two people talked, the more his look went from neutral dislike to baleful. And then he says, yes. Okay, we'll make it happen then. Also, prior to this, I believe Ruth got a phone call. Got a text message. Oh, a text message, sorry. Yes, you can read the text message now. I'll say that he checked the text message at the nearest stoplight uh, that uh, he was able to stop at after the text ping while he was on his bike. Uh, So he would have read it prior to arriving here. Okay, cool. So that means that you do know before arriving here uh, that uh, uh, your boss has sent you a text sa- saying that uh, she's worried about you tonight and she hopes that you don't get into that kind of trouble you don't tell us about again. 
Well, too late. <laughs> Noted. Just wanted to let you know someone is looking out for you, even if you're not looking out for yourself. Um, uh, excuse me, Ruth is looking out for himself. <laughs> uh, that's why you're about to get in a cage match in the middle of the night, of course. Um, yeah, it's self-care. Very important. Don't do what Ruth does, kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is not... Mm. There are some things do not qualify as self-care. You, can, you can't care about some parts of yourself and not care about the other parts. Um, mm-hmm. But still. Um, so, uh, you get into the uh, warehouse. Um, a fight is presently taking place. Um, two uh, very well-built uh, 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 female figures are... Presently knocking the blood pure out of each other's heads. Um, and dozens of people are waving large amounts of money at the ring as if that's going to increase the propensity of their bet actually coming to fruition. Um, you notice like five or six of the regular fighters here um, are like just sitting around like... You know that this warehouse is typically empty unless these folks set it up and you know that they go to great lengths to set it up when they're ready for a cage fight here. Uh, So the cage is brand new and is erected all the way to the ceiling. There are several like plush love seats all across the wall of this warehouse so fighters can like tend to their wounds or more often than not uh, strike up conversation and or flirt with any of the other uh, attendees while showing off their battle scars. Um, there is a bar that is like made up of uh, like crates of bear like just coming up uh, to like just above waist height where they're ser- where they're serving terrible bear, terrible wine. And very good juice. Um, And uh, yeah, at the present moment, a fight is about to take place. Um, You can see um, the host of the event. You know that he doesn't really, he isn't really the person who's responsible for setting up these fights. He's just like the voice of the uh, event, the person who actually makes the announcements, the person that everybody knows who is is personally responsible for the event itself. Like he's the person who will most likely get arrested if something were to happen tonight. But you know that he is not responsible for setup because you know he can't fight. Um, and doesn't actually have any clout with anyone here who can. Um, but for some reason still has power because people know he works for someone but don't know who. Um, you can't immediately see Dice anywhere. And most of the other people that you see are like vague acquaintances. People that you've knocked out once. One or two of these people you've literally uh, broken at least one limb. And they do treat you with a kind of reverence as a result. Not fear or hatred. Like actual kind of respectful admiration. So yeah. While you're... Is there a thing that you would like to do while you're milling about? If Ruth can't see dice or find dice immediately, he just kind of mills about like towards the edge of things. Like not really sticking to one group or another. Just the way he pretty much is 
everywhere because I'm taking the whole outsider part of the playbook to ridiculous lengths in that he doesn't ever actually become one with any throng socially anywhere. I would like you to give me two concurrent roles for a thing. Oh, what one. might these roles be? One, a thing is happening in your vicinity and I would like to tell if you can notice it. So mm-hmm. uh, I think I want you to give me a perceive role. I have no jobs in perceive. <laughs> mm, that's, so that's fun. That kind of sucks. So your position is desperate. Uh, uh, we don't roll for any positionings in downtime. Uh, well, this is not immediately pertaining to the downtime itself. This is, oh, okay. yeah, this is an action role for the setting that you're in. So your position is desperate, and mm-hmm. your effect is limited. Okay, uh, and that is a two d six. Yes, you'll be rolling two d six, and we'll be taking the lesser result. Yes. Uh, typing in the command. A three. Uh, okay. I can't read the text on the dice somehow. So I think the lower one is a three, as you said. Yes. Um, duly noted. And now I would like you to give me a one die fortune roll. A one die fortune roll. That would be a one. <laughs> ah, noted. Ah, this is going to be hilarious. Um, oh, no. And by hilarious, I mean terrible, but for someone else in a way that you will not notice. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> so you're just milling around, walking through the crowd. Um, uh, the place seems incredibly busy at the moment. Um, you are still waiting to hear whether a thing is going to happen. You still can't find dice. Um, handful of people are like actively getting in your way as you try to move through this crowd. Um, very briefly, out of the corner of your eye, while you're like trying to make your way through this crowd, you notice that the back door, like one of the like back entrances of the warehouse, is open. Mm. And you like, like you make out what looks like someone getting in a fight. Mm. You, it vaguely looks to you like someone in a jacket is getting absolutely rocked by someone who is obviously bigger than them. Mm-hmm. And before you can even make your like glance through the crowd to see what is actually happening in that doorway, you feel a hand on your shoulder. Oh boy. Ruth doesn't like that. He yanks away from the hand and is very much in fight mode instantly. You, you pull away and turn towards this person and you see a very frail man in a houndstooth jacket wearing trousers that seem far too tight for him. You see him duck as if he is worried that you are going to punch him in the face. You know this person to be Nico, the announcer for most of these cage fights. He is he is not a man of action. 
most people seem to only like him because he arranges these fights and seems to be good friends with someone who has enough pull to make something like this happen. That's the mm-hmm. only real reason why anybody actually gives him any power or pays him any mind. But people hate the fact that he's at a cage fight and can't fight. Seems to be very proud of how cowardly he is. And he's like, whoa, whoa, I was just going to let you know we're going to start you in a moment. And then he gestures to the fight that is already in progress where one woman is holding another woman unconsciously by her hair. You ready to go? Because we could do the thing. Ruth glances away from the cage, having taken scope of the situation, and stalks towards the general area where he would be expected to be prior to the fight itself. And as he's stalking away, he snaps at Nico, watch yourself, because Nico touched him. And Nico knows by now that that's a really bad idea, and Ruth hates it. I'm sorry, I know, I just, I was trying to get your attention, and the crowd, and the, I'm, I'm sorry. But, are you, are you good? Are you good? Ruth, it <laughs> just continues ignoring him and walking towards the area where he is. Okay, good then. And he, like, freakily, like, fidgets for a little bit, and then runs, like, past you, and grabs... You know, like, those old drop-down boxing ring uh, microphones? Those, like, old broadcaster thingies? One is descending from what is obviously a hole where one side of a fluorescent light bulb was supposed to be attached to the ceiling. It seems improperly installed. Like, you can see wiring, like, literally, like, poking out of that hole. But he uh, grabs the microphone and goes, And an extra treat for you all this evening, since two of our expert fighters just decided to come in just to have some fun. We decided to add another match to the card. The audience is, like, cheering so loudly that you can tell that they do not actually give a damn what Nico is saying. They already know exactly what's going to happen, and they don't give a damn, and they just wanted to shut up so the, so the fight can start. He points to the furthest side of the warehouse and says, The darling of our fights, uh, one of the most reckless goddamn people I've ever met in my life, Dice Calendrine! And then you see uh, uh, a small part in the crowd from the entrance side of the warehouse where Dice Calendrine... Ever the showboater has emerged in a suit and tie that you've never seen him wear before. He is not the salaryman uniform kind of person, but remarkably well-dressed in this moment. Black blazer, white shirt, uh, black tie, black trousers. Simply so he can tear it off. And reveal red boxes with sequined hearts that have the word asshole emblazoned on the elastic. And a handmade championship wrestling style belt that just says on the center of it, I always win. Like, like diagonally across the center of it. 
Ruth hates him, by the way. Oh, yeah, Just all of this. The description didn't make it obvious. Ruth hates him. Yeah, all of this. Like, you know personally, Dice doesn't do this for anybody unless he likes them. And that pisses you off the most. That they're doing this precisely because they know that it can get on your nerves. And they think getting on your nerves is cute because they actually like poking fun at you. Dice is also like twice Ruth's height and three Mm -hmm. times his weight. Yeah. So um, Ruth doesn't hate Dice because of this physical superiority because Ruth is too annoyed to care about physical differences between anybody. But he just hates that Dice is so jolly (laughs) and so friendly. He hates that about everybody. They have that kind of energy. He he is like, you know the kind of wrestler whose great joy is that they know that they are good. And as a result, they don't really have any, they don't really care about winning a match. They just care about being cool and well-liked. Mm. And they can care about that because they will always win. Um, yeah, that's, mm. that's his energy. Nico then turns to you. And when he points at you, like, the crowd around you, like, finally realizes, oh, shit, Ruth is here, and starts, like, s- like separating from you. He is about to make a big, flashy, overt announcement about your presence. And then Dice shouts from the door, Ruth doesn't care about that crap. Let's just fight. Ruth hates that Dice is correct. <laughs> and Ruth hates that Dice did this for him. And Ruth is going to kill that man. Oh god. I, I look forward to this, I guess. And Nico says, Well, you heard the guy. And takes out, like, like picks up from the corner of the uh, wall behind him a sledgehammer. And slams a bell to his left-hand side to signal the beginning of the match as both of you uh, walk towards the ring. The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com Hi everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvanelleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players, and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and over here. 
You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. Thanks, and we'll see you over there.